Hey, yo, this is Mark Moore from Christ of You know what? My app is stuck on the Christian Music Guys podcast. But I don't need a geek squad to fix it because I like these guys. Keep it playing. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, a podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. And today we had the pleasure and privilege of interviewing Mark Moore, the lead man from Christafari. Yeah, man. <laughs> it was Jamin. <laughs> Jamin. Sorry, Mark. We're destroying that, but it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. It was awesome. For those of y'all who don't know who Christafari is, first off, you're bad because they are amazing reggae band. They were the first Christian reggae band to kind of hit the scene around 90, 93, 94? It was like mid-90s, yeah. Mid-90s? Um, breaking Billboard records and top charts and just a different feel for the CCM norm. So let's get into the interview with Mark Moore. Well, we have uh, brother pastor Mark Moore from Christafari. Uh, Christafari, like we said in the beginning of the, before we started recording, uh, grew up on you guys, and it's just a joy having you all. I uh, was telling a story with my brothers. Uh, growing up, we went to this festival in Louisville, Kentucky called Joy Jam, and I remember, I think what is one of the last years they had it. It was actually indoors that year. I think it was due to weather or something, but you guys went out there and started performing, and you were wearing a hat. And you were doing your you're doing your thing, and everybody was talking like, "Oh my gosh, did he cut his dreads and all this stuff?" And everybody was literally freaking out. You could just hear it in the audience. And you went on probably half the set, and all of a sudden you fl- flung your hat off and started swinging your hair, and everybody went crazy. But my mom was standing next to me. She was like, "Oh, I was so afraid he he cut his dreads." And so I I, I distinctly remember in that that memory of that. Yeah, that was my my Stay Pop popcorn marshmallow hat, whatever. I don't know. You, you, it's one of those stovetop stove top popcorn hats. You know, it just kind of oh, yeah. fills up. And I remember that. That was, yeah, That it's a sad day when the highlight of the show is when a guy takes off his hat. <laughs> you know, you got down here. So I got a question for you guys. You said your brothers. Are these like actual brothers? Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we are. Oh, yeah, I started to realize, wait a minute, they kind of look similar, but different. <laughs> yeah, there's, well, there's five of us in total. Uh, we have another brother and we have a sister. And yeah, we all have red hair as well. So was we this stand out. Last? What was that? Did the sister come last? Yeah, the sister yep, was last. The baby. Yep. Parents finally gave up after that. They're like, oh, finally. They yep. did. They they said after, if, if this one is not a girl, then we're done. <laughs> been done for if it was a boy let me tell you <laughs> that's awesome, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for having us chris jacob and jesse awesome yeah yes so how long have you had your your hair how long did it take to grow out and- well i had my hair since i was born it was a little bit- yeah <laughs> I, I love i love mark already this is awesome <laughs> this is amazing no um i always had curly hair growing up little afro and you know kind of the big curls like tom Selleck, you know magnum pi curls mm-hmm. sure. and then and then after that i i remember when i was a little kid my mom would comb my hair or try and brush it and eventually when that when it got too tangled you know little dreads she just cut it and um so it was naturally doing that anyways and then sure enough when i got into reggae got into Bob Marley and that kind of stuff. And, uh, it was all about dreads. When I gave my life to Christ, I started a fresh batch of dreads and didn't turn back. And that was 32 years ago. Every year I cut off about six inches just so that they don't get caught in, um, roller coasters, windows. Yeah. (laughs) Or, but how do you think, uh, I just said that. (laughs) 
how do you think we would look uh, with some dreads? Red, red, dreads. pretty red, pretty red, red yeah. dreads. Yeah, would be red. red, red yeah, <laughs> I think it would look really pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> like something from Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh-huh. tell us, how did Christafari start? I gave my life to Christ after running as far and as fast as I could from God. Um, obviously, reggae initially kind of led me astray through, you know, marijuana, Rastafarianism, things like that. And then when I came back, I felt like God was saying, the reggae that you love, love me and sing about me in the reggae. And, um, it was just kind of a, for me, it was, it was that, that moment, like, you know, peanut butter and jelly putting them together. Like, wow, Jesus and reggae. What a black. I thought I was the only person in the world who had ever thought of the concept. Uh, found out years later, there was a artist in Africa who had been doing it. And in Jamaica, Mm -hmm. we were the, definitely the first ones to uh, record, professionally, internationally, release, and tour. And, um, you know, kind of like, I guess, how I'm not comparing ourselves to Bob Marley by any means, but how Toots and the Maytels invented the word reggae, but Bob was the one who took it internationally. We were uh, we were blessed to, after, after I gave my life to Christ, within, what, two weeks, I I had a, a new song in my heart well, during, a, during a quiet time with the Lord. At that time, there was a talent show at the camp that I was at. I said, hey, can you guys do reggae? They, sh- they said, we can try. And um, it was, people really, really liked it. They connected. And then at that in every gig was another gig. You know, you do that. And then somebody's like, play at church for this youth group, for your high school, for this, for that. And then, and then like, by, by the fifth time I was performing or so, it was clubs, and then eventually it was the biggest tour in America for reggae, and that was pretty bonkers. It was like, we're doing 46 cities, all the major stadiums, and we're like, what? God God just blew it up. It was really cool. Wow. Is that awesome. is it during that time that you uh, – did you guys come up with the term musicianaries? That, you know <sighs> – no, we didn't. I think the first time I heard it was Cornerstone Festival in like 1998. I mean, was I doing it? Yeah. Before I did right, tour, yeah. I was doing a mission trip to Jamaica. I was raising funds to do it, and I was doing music over there. And I did about 14 trips like that before God said, okay, now you've ministered in Jamaica as a missionary, now go to, and then he started giving us these other countries to go to. Costa Rica was one of the next ones. And awesome. it started going now 85 nations later. Yeah. So I remember being at, at Cornerstone and we were playing one tent. And then I heard, hey, man, you got to check out this group. They call themselves musicianaries. And I was like, oh, that is the coolest thing. You know, I'm all about <laughs> like putting together Christ, tough yeah. musician. Oh, yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah, I yeah. remember running through this muddy parking lot trying to find the tent. Somebody pointed in that direction. I'm just, I, I could never find them. But I was on a journey to find them. And eventually I found some. There aren't many in the world. It seems like the industry has set itself up since most of the secular industry has bought out the Christian. So, name a major distributor for Christian music. It's owned by. Well, it, well, the distributor is actually second. Mm-hmm. So I won't say the names, but you can guess. They all have a Christian department, sure. and usually they're run by yeah. country guys. So most of that whole mentality is, okay, this is how you make it in the industry. And they use the country model or the rock model or the whatever. you know. So uh, for us, we use more of the Levitical model, Levites, mm-hmm. which is they – off yeah. of the tenth of everybody else, and they were the musicians. They were the priests, the prophets, and they also didn't cut their hair, right? That would be the Nazarites. Oh, yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. They they rhyme though. Levites, Nazarites, Nazarites. That's the that that's uh, Numbers chapter six, verse five, I believe it is, or Numbers five, one of those chapters there. And and yeah, so there's a few Nazarites in the. The Bible, obviously, John the Baptist was the most famous, Samson and Samuel. And for a moment, even Paul in the book of Acts didn't cut his hair for a while. But then at the end of that Nazarite vow, which is usually a 
a temporary vow, like for a period of time, like fasting, they would cut their hair afterwards and say, okay, this, this period of separation from the world is, you know, is, is over now. But certain people kept that like Samson until of course, Delilah. And then, uh, as you know, the most popular was John the Baptist. And that dude, that dude was a rock star. Man. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was yeah. a real hippie. Real hippie. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Down to the diet, wow. right? <laughs> so recently, uh, I, I follow you all on socials and everything. You guys just came back from a month-long uh, tour from Hawaii. Yeah. So tell us about that. Tell us uh, how that experience was. And, and, you know, I've never been to Hawaii. I would love to go someday. But it, it, your videos and the pictures looked amazing. You know, I'm not going to complain about Hawaii at all. <laughs> Suffering for Jesus. <laughs> a year ago, we went in January, and uh, we were trying to kick off a tour there, and it just didn't work out. And then, so so we just wrote songs. I think I wrote 35 songs on that trip. It's just so easy to write songs out there. They just write themselves next to a waterfall or sunset, you know, just incredible. And so we were like, okay, we'll come back again later. And then we, while I was out there, I got a call uh, from a friend who was a pastor and he was being fined like $3.5 million for keeping his church. This is in San Jose. And uh, so let's go up there. Let's do a free concert. Let's get fined some. <laughs> and so yeah, <laughs> we did. And we raised funds. We raised like seventy grand for them so that they could pay off their mortgage and uh, wouldn't lose their building because that was something that was being threatened. But then after that, I felt like God was saying, "Okay, his case is about ready to go before the Supreme Court, so go to the nation's capital." So we went there, and um, it was there that I thought we were going to impart something in the capital, but it was there that God imparted something in us. And mm-hmm. from that moment on, it was like, we're on a mission. Now we're at the capital. Now we got to go to the States. Okay. So I tried with Hawaii first. So we said, we're going to, we're going to hold off on Hawaii. We're going to do that last, you know, cherry on the top. Yeah. And so we, yeah. we left California. We went back to California, packed up our stuff and just headed out, started driving East we had four shows on the books, and we're like, okay, God, if you're calling us to do it, you're going to provide. If you are Jaira, time to step up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And he did. Uh, 11 months later, we had ministered in all 50 states, driven 48 of them, flew to the other two, and uh, we ended in Hawaii at, with five weeks on four different islands. And that was about our roughly 200th show in in a year when mm. most artists said you can't tour. Yeah. I'm like, forget that. Yeah. If we're called to the gospel yeah. in season or out of season, if it's out of season right now, that means it's in season. Yeah, I think the term then the term musicianary is perfect. I, I was in, uh, I served my wife and I. We served in missions full time for about seven years, awesome. and that, what you just described was literally like, yeah. That's like every day of your life, yeah. you know? And, and so I love what you just described. I was like, that's the perfect word for it. Musicianary. That's exactly well, yeah, right. Where were you serving? Uh, we were with YWAM. Uh, we were based out of here, but I mean, we went Mexico oh. and China, like several places, you know? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a step of faith that has, that it happens. And you just, uh, you know, it, I love what YWAM used to do. I don't know if they still do it, but they would sit down with all the main leaders from all the YWAM campuses once a year, and they would say, "Let's dream. What is God putting on your hearts? Just doesn't don't don't think about numbers. Don't think about how much or how how much time or this or that. Just what are you passionate about?" They would write it out on the chalkboard, and and at the end they'd say, "Okay, now how much is this going to cost?" And then they just see God provide, and that's kind of what we do. Each year, we're like, oh, right now we're talking about possibly living in Brazil for a stint. I have no idea where, <laughs> if we're going to get shows, if we're going to get any provision, any this, any that. But I know that it's all going to happen because when you lock your vision, your mission with the Great Commission, you're unstoppable. That's right. I've seen, I've seen it time and time again in my life. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, as my brother Jacob was saying earlier, we used to see – uh, Christ of Farai, uh, every year, Joy Jam in Louisville. And I think it was 
I think the first time I was trying to actually remember back when we when we were talking about you guys getting ready for the interview, and I'm pretty sure it was '96 was the first time I saw you guys. It was either '95 or '96. So I was yeah. nine or ten years old, and for me, Mark, it was like I'd never heard music like that before. Yeah. And I remember it being something. We we bought the tape Soulfire, uh, which came out in what ninety four, right? Ninety four, ninety five, somewhere around there. And so it was, so it was, so it was relatively new. I hadn't heard anything like that before. The energy, I just the energy being, at the shows was just like wow. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember just 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 seeing hearing the music. So cool. And that you guys were singing about Jesus, mm-hmm. and it was something I'd never heard before. Like I was like, "What is reggae?" You know, like yeah, I'm a redheaded nine year old white boy from Kentucky. Reggae yep. had never entered my life until that moment, and so um, I just remember it being one of those those things that kind of marked me of like, "Wow, there's other music yeah. that's not, you know, what's played on the radio. There's there's stuff other than Stephen Curtis Chapman or Carmen. You know, because that's what you know that's what was on oh. the radio then. Which there's nothing wrong with that, but I was like. It, it opened me up to like, yeah. okay, there's other ways to worship Jesus. And that was such a, um, it, it marked me. And I remember listening to Soulfire, that tape, um, actually the, the song listening over and over again. And I loved that song. And we would listen to Soulfire. My brothers and I would scream it back and forth. We would, each other and we'd do Mark, we would, we would and rap. We, we, we would do your down. raps. Um, we had no idea what you were saying, but we were like, <laughs> yeah, we listen. We tried. We tried. We had no idea, but man, we you get saved. Yeah, we thought we knew what we were saying, but man, we felt amazing. <laughs> we felt so cool. I called those that that my Cookie Monster stage. I was um, at that time. I was trying to imitate artists like Buju Bantan, Shabarangs that had like this really growly voice. They had a growly voice because they were smoking weed every day. I wasn't smoking. <laughs> trying to growl, but. Eventually, like when you hear the revised version of the music video for Soulfire, you'll hear I'm, I'm actually decipherable somewhat. And, you know, I, I, you know longevity. I, I On that tour, I got nodules on my vocal cords. And um, I had to learn that this is just not sustainable. You can't do this night after night. So uh, I had to yeah. change that a little bit. But that was fun. Yeah, I mean, Soulfire, shoot, we loved that song. We still do it pretty consistently. And um kids still love it there's nothing like playing at a camp in czech republic and twenty thousand people five minutes after you finish the last song so still singing soul fire (laughs) (laughs) oh cool it's so cool and and that's what we're hoping to do is get people on fire for christ that's awesome and so like that you know, mid nineties period for you guys, you were with goatee. Yeah. Right. During that time. Yeah. What was that like for you? Because I'm sure I wasn't the only person that that's the first time I was introduced to reggae. So like what, what a lot of people had to be hearing you guys and going like, what, what is this? What was that like being like the first reggae in CCM? Like what, what was that like for you guys? It was weird. It was cool. But at the same time, being a novelty is, just kind of like you wish that people took you seriously. You wish that a, that there was a category that you could fit in because I mean, you mentioned it earlier. It, what there was, there was Carmen who was, who actually did a reggae song Bet you didn't know that mm-hmm. right after he did the song with the cowboy hat where he was holding. And right after he was yo Carmen rapping. And so I was going to say Carmen was my favorite rapper until I was eight years old. <laughs> Legendary. I, what I love and admire about Carmen was his passion for the gospel. But yeah, there was yeah. definitely a um, one-size-fits-all within the industry. And we still play this game from time to time as we drive down, this, you know, down across the nation, turn on the radio and, you know, name the Christian song. Is it Christian? You can, you can tell by the music, not just by the lyrics. There's this, like, mm-hmm. at that time it was one part U2. Now it's one part Coldplay. It's definitely one part Nashville. Um, you know, there's certain chord progressions, certain this, certain that. We didn't fit any of that. I, I mean, right now I'm 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 working on a song that's six eight reggae. Six eight has never been really done in reggae. I'm like, you know, forget that. Forget this paint inside the box thing. I mean, we try to do that with God too. We try to make him fit in a box. And I mean, when I was a kid, my mom cooked certain types of food. 
The one time she tried curry, it was a disaster. My brother was forever starred. He can't even handle curry. He won't even accept it if anybody offers it. But for me, I, I just saw this lack of variety. I mean, it was good. You know, we had the pizza. We had the hot dogs. We had the, you know, the pasta, the this or that. I'm not saying it was bad, but I love to have some, I don't know, some Ian, some Jamaican, some Peruvian some mm-hmm. Grecian, some different types of food. You know, I like to, I had Indian today. I like the flavor, the spice. For me, that's that. That's the spice of life, that variety. But we were like the one spice. I'm not saying spice girls. We were, <laughs> we were the one spice that nobody had, they were like the hot sauce, the soul fire sauce, which I actually tried to get that manufactured one time. But, um, awesome. You know, <laughs> we already had the theme song. But we were that one spice that everybody was like, I don't know if I want to put that on my whatever, my festival, on my radio. And so it, we really didn't fit in. But what was interesting was we found out as we were touring Murr, which was Word Records, you know, we we're seeing like the stars, you know, like Michael W. Smith and and Tracy, or, or well, not Tracy Chapman, what's her name? Um, uh, Amy Grant. So Amy Grant and others, and they're like, this is the top seller. I'm like, okay, ooh, we want to be like that. But then they're like, one day they said, you know what? You're the most sold international of all of our artists. You sell more than me grant internationally. We can't figure it out. Everybody wants your music in Brazil and Jamaica and, you know, Central and South America. We're like, hmm. And that was when we started to realize maybe this isn't our jam necessarily. We thought we needed to make it here, but maybe... God was saying, go there. And um, having done so much missions, when we finally did, that's when we saw the mad crowds, the incredible harvest. That's when we realized. And even now, I mean, we just did 50 states, 200 shows. I can guarantee you, when we tour Brazil this summer, our smallest show will be bigger than our biggest show in America. It's just about it. It's just a connection that they have in other countries that we don't have here. So... It felt weird when we were the only reggae band in all of CCM. We were the only reggae band in the entire state mm. of Tennessee. Where were we going to play? <laughs> a reggae festival? Yeah. Which one? <laughs> yeah. There is none. So we, we kind of felt like fish out of water. We're grateful for, I think if Toby Mac hadn't married a Jamaican, he wouldn't have signed us. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was a, a blessing. But it was also a blessing to eventually when we got off of Goatee to be able to do our own thing in our own way and and do the missionary model, which is very different than the typical 360 artist model that people have now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, it, it, it marked us, I know, for sure. And and it opened it, – it didn't just open the reggae door. It, it Like I said, it was that moment where I was like, oh – there's more than just four chords, you know, like, and, and it, and it kind of was like, Oh, let's go to the section of the Christian bookstore. We don't normally go to, Crazy. you know? Yeah. And so it opened up for us. It opened up a whole, you know, and Chris, our brother, Chris, he was a little younger, but me and Jacob, man, everything we played, he listened to. So I feel like yeah. he probably got the better end of the deal because he grew up list. He was like, Oh yeah, that's Christopher. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's just what we listened to around the house. So it was, Oh yeah. It, it definitely marked us, brother. That's incredible. Yeah. Music does that, especially when you're younger, man. It shapes you. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why we're so passionate for the youth. We're about ready to go and do an Indian reservation, uh, Navajo tribe. And, you know, we're bringing a youth worker with us. And, you know, there there's certain things that happen before you're 18 that are that are indelible, that just kind of, it's almost like a, ta- a soul tattoo. And those things are with you forever. I mean, some of the songs that I learned when I was a kid, 80s songs, you know, I I, I still know those lyrics inside and out. I don't remember what I learned in college, but I remember those lyrics in the same way. If we can can just cram our our music like a Danish with the word of God, the sweet oozing word of God, it will not return void. I'm stealing yeah. that. I'm stealing that image right there. <laughs> I'm I'm using that in my youth group this coming Sunday. A chocolate filled croissant, dude. We had those when we went to New Caledonia. It's in the Melanesia area in the South Pacific, and we're like croissant. Okay, boring. Oh snap! There's chocolate. <laughs> you never seen 
a band eat so many croissants in one day. We throw those things down. And that's what it should be. And the cool thing about reggae, okay, like we've toured Finland or, or Norway, or Sweden, places that are known for really dark, heavy metal music. Mm-hmm. Try and take goth or black metal or death metal or this stuff, and then you try and make it about Jesus, it's so upside down. It mm-hmm. just doesn't yeah. work. But reggae, Bob was singing about the wages of sin is death. Bob Marley sang about Jesus Christ and this and that, albeit he directed people towards a different man that he thought was Jesus. We just focused solely on the Old and New Testament. And we're like, mm-hmm. hey, we can sing Don't Worry about a thing because Jesus, Jesus, that. Yeah. that's Matthew yeah. 6, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, my brothers and I were talking earlier about your, your worship. Like, we really enjoy your worship albums, especially the Anthems album is so Thanks. like, I mean, Our God is an older worship song, but man, you all just like take it to a new level. And uh, a lot of those songs in there, I really like your all's versions. Um, and then we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but your Under God album too. But leads me to our next uh, segment uh, we'd like to know some of the stories besi- behind some of our favorite Christafari uh, songs. My favorite Christafari yeah. song is Selah or Selah. I guess that's how you guess uh-huh. yeah, how you pronounce it. But yeah. uh, I would like to know the the story behind that song. Yeah. Well, b- interestingly enough, we were. Uh, I'm going to go back to kind of what you said earlier as well. When we were trying to get signed we went from label to label to label and they, they wanted like seven, seven albums, which could be 14 years. Mm. Uh, And we didn't have the right lawyer at the time. We didn't know. We're like, this just, just sounds shady though. And so we, uh, we just kept saying no. And then finally this one label came back to us and he's like, okay, you know what? We'll give you one album deal, 30 grand, will be the budget for the album. We're like, this is a dream come true. Awesome. Let's do it. Uh, it's got to be a worship album. We're like, what? We don't do worship. We're evangelistic. We're about preaching the gospel. We're about reaching the lost, you know? I'm about giving an altar call, even if it's in a club. And they're like, no, it's got to be worship. I'm like, oh, man. So we stretched and we did some songs, you know, praise the name of Jesus and Lord, I lift your name on high and things like that majesty back in the day, but Sila, as we pronounce it, was one of those ones that, that we were jamming in the clubs. We kind of snuck it in. And, uh, enough, it's the only song that we ever did that was recorded three different times for three different albums (laughs) Four, maybe four, depending on which, how you count, but, and by two different people in two different times. But I, we still do it in our set today. We do it right after our God. Um, what I love about our take on it is this. We don't listen to the original. I don't want to hear that original at all. When we did Hosanna, there was no way I was going to listen to Brooke Frazier sing it. <laughs> no. I'll sit yeah. down with a worship leader. I'll say, give me the chords, just the chords. And somebody else will sing the scratch because I don't know the song yet. And then we'll come in after everything has been rearranged from the ground up, completely rebuilt. I mean, we're basically using the same foundation, but nothing else is the same. We're, they they were working with steel. We're working with wood. They were working with, you know, they were one story. We're two story. We're this. And so we like to reinvent and it all goes back to that same model that we had with Sila, solid bass line, wicked drum rhythm, you know, some nice instrumentals, a, cl- a classic horn line that is that becomes its own like chorus you can sing, and then just a really good hook. And so, yeah, we try when we're covering these other songs to never listen to the original. And when I do every once in a while, like, mm. I like, I cringe. I just do because yeah. it's, it's somebody's cooking without the spices that we're used to, you know, <laughs> I mean, they're not using the, yeah. you name yeah. it, whatever it is. <laughs> we're used to some seasoning now. We're used to some exactly. flavor. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes now I, now there's a place for it, but sometimes the whole 
concept of wedding food, something that everybody would like, creates something that just is bland. And so I focus on it not being about what everyone will like, but what is closest to the inspiration that God gave me and closest to what I believe the Lord would like. And the Lord put in my heart a new song, it says in Psalm 40. And so for me, I don't want to take that formula that somebody else had. We were just talking about this song right now. I'm recording called Maranatha. And he's like, how long is it? I'm like, let's not care. Let's do what the song needs. Let's not try to fit a format. Forget the format. Let's be true to the inspiration and the the one who truly gives that inspiration. So that's my concept. And now what I love about Sila is that it, it says many, many of them fear, no fear for I, you know, that it talks about suicide. It talks about some, some serious issues that people are dealing with right now. It talks about drug addiction, yeah. talks about all these different things. And, it, and it's just kind of one of those, th- those anthems, not I, I will not do that. And you can see that mindset again and, and I won't comply, you know, no, I will not comply. That is just the whole defiance. I think we need to be more defiant against sin. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Well, the bringing it to the next song on that album, Christ of Far Eye, uh, that was probably one of my, I'm 100% sure that was the first song that Jesse and Jacob brought back from a Joy Jam or something. Yeah, and that was probably the first song that I ever heard was Christ of Far Eye. So- and I just remember that being over and over again. Um, Always did the cha 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 creator. That was my part. <laughs> Jehovah Messiah. You know that was a funny story. We had this other song that has still never been released called "Soul Shakedown Party," and um, mm-hmm. it was a a, a two tempo song where it went fast, slow, fast, slow, and we had recorded the music but we still hadn't written the lyrics. And then we got to that point where we were kind of negotiating um, as to which direction it should go and who should sing what, or who should do this and who should do that. And when we reached a a bit of an impasse at that time, our bassist, Lyndon Barrington Allen, you know, he has, he had been there during the initial like demo stage when Toby Mac came over to our house, flew out to California and he was like, okay, play the songs for me. And we would play songs that were so incomplete, but we only had a chorus. And they're like, that's it. Give a little one love. That's on there for sure. We're like, but we don't have a written. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's all it needs is a hook. Um, and then other songs that were absolutely complete. And he was like, next. But this song wasn't ready at that time. And Lyndon, who was a perfectionist, he's also an author now. Um, he he was like, yeah, I, he didn't even mention that he was working on it. And then that moment happened in the studio where we were just debating and who should do this and what should do. He's like, Hey guys, I got a present for you. Like what you talking about Willis? pulls out of his pocket, this cassette that had been burning a hole in his pocket for who knows how many months, just waiting for that moment. And I'll never forget it. When I heard it, I was just like, this is epic. There was one part that I was like, eh. It was, the world and say, hola, we come from monkeys. <laughs> to that, I study a little harder. I'm like, yeah, that's too fun. How about the world them say, each man is right in his own way. Um, you know, that was why we steal and we lie and kill one another each day. I felt like that was... You know, how can you say you're right when you're hurting others? And and that and so we changed that one part. Now here for a true confession. Do you know where the most inspiration comes? What's that? In the bathroom. Yeah, I was I was oh, gonna yeah. guess that, but I didn't want to be that uh, that guy. <laughs> yep, yeah, you better believe it. Whether it's a shower or the John. Yeah, John helps me write a lot of yep. good songs. <laughs> In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God and was God, and through Him, all, through Jesus Christ, all things, a whole section, a whole bridge was, you know, one one good um, 
Bent. BM, as my grandma would call it. <laughs> it yes. You know, good stuff comes out. You know what I mean? It just happens. Literally. literally and yeah. I'm, I'm, it literally, I'm telling you, yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where artists will pretend like they're super spiritual. But let's face it, if, you, if you're going to have a healthy spiritual life, you're going to you're going to be studying on the crap. Yeah. Can I say that? Absolutely. Yep. You're going to read the Bible. If you want to make yep. sure you read Absolutely. it every day, put it next to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, because unless you're not having enough brand intake, um, you know, so that was one of those moments where I'm like, I got it flesh. Let's go. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so that, and then of course the little chat and if, what I like about the chat of that song, although I'm still doing a little bit of my, uh, my, Oscar the Grouch uh, invitation yeah, there yeah. or Cookie Monster. Listen to that because I'll never forget. We were, um, we had a band meeting. This was in 1994 or something. And this was when Lyndon first joined his first practice. And mm-hmm. he comes and he's like, Hey, Mark, what's the mission statement? I'm like, What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Again. <laughs> Like, statement. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we need to define who we are, who we aren't, where we're going, where we're not. I'm like, okay. Sounds like a waste of a band practice, but let's do it. It was the most valuable band practice we ever had. Yeah. And it defined, and, and listen to the, that very mission statement is, I'm making up a new word now, succinctified. It was, it was, uh, it was, um, what, what do you call that when, Orange juice comes. It was concentrate. Mm-hmm. It was a concentration. Uh, um, Christ, I come to evangelize, to preach the gospel with no compromise. Clearly, in our lyrics, in our, I don't. I, honestly, I can't. I can't say it. I have to sing it. Clearly, in our lyrics, in, in in our thoughts, in our lives, to dispel the lies of that's of Rastafari and other cults, and make them realize that God is our light. He's our salvation. So, after preach the gospel to every nation, I was singing that when I was on nation number two, now we're on nation 85. Um, wow. Really? <laughs> every nation. We're missionaries of foreign. I said we're missionaries. That means in a foreign country, back a yard, which means at home, we edify, edify the body of Christ. Always giving God the glory. We lift him on high. And that that is kind of summed up it, us in a nutshell again. Um, yeah. You know, th- so many years later to be able to say this is, who we are, this is who we were, and we're still true to that. And there were times, I mean, some of those guys that sang on that album, we had a split, and those guys left because they no longer agreed with that very same mission statement. And so that helped cement who we were and who we weren't, and I'm so grateful for it. Still love that song. The guitar. The intro is amazing, too, to that song. Yeah. Like the original intro is awesome. Yeah. And again, you know, the long guitar intro, that stuff would never work on radio. Never work. The oh, whole yeah. the whole three and three minute formula, get as many commercials in as possible and be able to say you play more music than anybody else because the songs are so short, just doesn't work. <laughs> with- <laughs> so an, another song that I that I like, um, it's I don't know if it's on an album, but it's a it's a single that you guys put out, I believe, last year called All Souls Matter. The lyrics are yeah. are intense. Uh, you said, "I woke up, I woke up. The father gave me a vision. So much hatred and too much division, and so he sent me on a new kind of mission." So, can you kind of? I mean, obviously, I, I know the meaning behind it, but can you just tell our listeners how that song came? Well, as we've been touring the USA, man, it's burning at the edges. It really is. And and while we were, it was literally burning at the edges. Um, it, it was it was weird for me when we started doing homeschool like little bicycle trips and and uh and museum visits with my daughter where you know we'd go to let's say downtown Philadelphia, the first church, um, Boston, you know, the first church. Mm-hmm. And you know, we would sit in the pew that George Washington sat in, the pew that Benjamin Franklin sat in. I mean, some iconic places. I rang the bell that Paul Revere made. That, you know, hadn't been rung in 150 years. That stuff is stuff you don't forget. But other things have been forgotten. Like, 
what our nation was founded on, what they believed, um, you know, the concept of freedom of religion and what that true, um, you know, what the foundation was of so many of our governing documents. And, and it was really inspired by the scriptures. And uh, as I as we visit these churches now, we're starting to see things like trans lives flags and Black Lives Matter flags in front of every one of these churches. And now I'm having to talk to my daughter who's half black and tell her, yeah, of course you matter. But that doesn't mean that the other half of you doesn't. And and that doesn't mean that it's mommy's good and daddy's bad because daddy's white and mommy's black. It doesn't mean that half of you is a slave master. It means that <laughs> the same God that gave us variety and spices that we talked about earlier and flavors mm-hmm. gave us different colors. I mean, when we were just snorkeling in, in Hawaii, imagine if the only fish that we saw were white ones. It would be pretty yeah. lame. But we saw the yellows and the reds and the oranges and the blues and the the Nemos and the, you know, it, it yeah. was so cool. And and I love how God does that with us. I mean, you guys have red hair. That is something to celebrate. Yeah. That's not something to, to mock and call you a ginger. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I've heard people say it. You know what I mean? We have no souls. <laughs> We'll give you. We'll give you a pass. You know, so it, it, it's kind of one of those weird things where, like, I think that that we need to celebrate our differences when those differences are not sin, when those differences are not compromise, and we need to celebrate the one who gave them to us. And none of us were tossing and turning in our mother's womb, saying, ah, "I want to be brown. Ah, I want to be brown." We had no control over over what. Yeah. sperm hit what egg none what what yeah kind of were that we did have you know what i mean but you know what I mean? yeah yeah, who we, who yeah. Were, we had no control over that and um and so there's something that i mean and if you go all the way back to the very beginning it we all came from two and then you know when things got bad it all went back down to one family again noah and his family and so if we if you can literally make I mean, if, if you can get white from black, which you can, um, we, there, we've seen many whites that they're light skin, you know, blacks in, in Africa and stuff, albinos and everything. You, you, we all came from this one part of the earth, which there's only one country mentioned when they're mentioning the boundaries of Eden and it's Ethiopia or Kush. And so, okay, we all came from Africa. I'm not going to say I'm an African, but you know what I mean? We all came from yeah. Adam and Eve. Yeah. We did. And so I think we should be celebrating those differences, not focusing on them. And what we found is that this last year, I feel like there's been a greater racial division than, than there has been in decades. Uh, and I remember climbing on the roof when there were, there were the, the riots after Rodney King. That was horrible times, you know, watching all, you know, five different fires burning in downtown LA. Well, man, it got really bad in Minneapolis. We ministered there. It got really bad in so many other states that we ministered in. And and that all happened under the guise of a life mattering. And um, so I, it begged me to ask questions like, what about black babies? Do they matter? Yeah. What about ones that haven't been born yet? Do they matter? Okay, well, a third... Uh, what is it? No, ha- almost half, I believe, of in- of black babies that should be born in New York City are aborted. That sucks. So let's talk about that. What about? And then I start looking at at my band. You know, what about my keyboardist who's from Hawaii? He's not black, but he's very dark mm-hmm. brown. Does he matter? Yeah. What about my guitarist who's from Brazil? He's literally got Amazonian blood in him. And I'm not talking about the dot com. <laughs> uh, does he matter? Of course. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe, maybe we all matter. And and I know that I've, I got so much negativity when I posted that. In case you're wondering which live matter, Jesus Christ settled it once and for all when he died on the cross. But it's true. Now, now does that, does that minimize uh, the black experience? I don't think it should. I don't think it should. Um, 
I think we need to celebrate those cultural differences. And I think we need to teach. Uh, I think black history should be all year, not just a month. Um, but Definitely. as a father of a daughter who's black, I want to celebrate that side, but I also want to celebrate it all. I want to celebrate your heritage. I'm, I'm sure you got some Scottish or some Irish in there. There were some warriors in there too, just like there were in the in the heritage of Shaka Zulu from South Africa or this or that. Um, I can't way wrong in your heritage, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. So it, the cool thing about that for me is that my daughter rapped for the first time in in a song and you know she she talks about that my mommy is black and my daddy is white but i never understood this racial fight some sh- throw hate from either side but two wrongs don't make a right and um that's that's really what we're trying to say yeah and and i'm 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 grateful for i mean like we said like like my brother had mentioned that you guys are willing to go there with your lyrics and, and talk about things that are not generally talked about, you know, Christian radio. And, you know, my wife is from Mexico. My kids are half Mexican and half, you know, redheaded white guy, Irish. <laughs> and and we're having these same conversations with them, too, you know, because they're like, oh, yeah, wait, I guess we are different, you know. Or, you know, and well, I didn't realize that until they pointed it out, yeah. you know. And, and, so, and so we're having those same conversations with our kids, too, like well, that you you just nailed you like and, exactly what you're saying. We've had those conversations. And for me, it all comes back to I think that the solution of it isn't political; it's biblical. And I think the solution of the CRT issue, which is an extreme on one side, and the Black Lives Matter issue, which is you know extreme on the, we got we got all these extremes. Mm-hmm. I think I think we just got to take them back to Sunday school, because my daughter, when she was taken to Africa, when she was taken to Asia, when she was taken to Brazil. She would go and play with the kids, even if they didn't speak the same language. And she never thought, this kid is bad because this one's darker. This kid is better because this one's lighter. Those, that's a construct. Yeah. Race, the concept of race isn't even biblical. You, you were known by who your father was or where you came from. Geographically, not racially, not the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the solution is red and yellow, black and white. They're precious in his sight. And my daughter came up with that idea Well, while we were surfing. She's like, what about that? And I'm like, that's perfect. Let's, yeah, we're taking yeah. this hot topic issue that people are going to literally protest and say, I'm never going to listen to Christ for again because these guys are saying all souls matter when they're actually saying that black lives don't matter. That's not what I'm saying. Right. They're yeah. say- what they're saying sounds too much like, all lives matter. And that's horrible. I'm like, so it's okay to kill somebody if they're not black. I, I don't get it, man. And, but I just love this whole, let's bring it back to Sunday school. When I got my daughter singing and she's cute, you can't be mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't be mad at her because she's literally half and half, you know? Yeah. She, and it's, it's yeah. beautiful. God, Beauty. And yeah. I think the most beautiful kids in the world are the mixed kids. We need to we need to make more mixed kids. More, Amen to that. I, hey, listen, I've got four of them. Mexic Irish. Yeah. We need to get they more. They look way better than me. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Irish or whatever. You know, we need to we need to mix it up. You know, the half and halves are, are beautiful, and those kids don't understand racism. So let's not teach it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, last song I'll talk about, um, Mark is. Um, another one that I'm super thankful for. I want to thank you guys for 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 several reasons for recording this song. But don't look out <laughs> on Under God. Okay, uh, one I love where you guys go with the song. What you're talking about is amazing. You're saying things that don't get said, you know, mm-hmm. and, and by by you know by Christian music generally. And also as a Star Wars nerd, come on. Thank you so much. I never thought I would listen. To Christian song that mentions a tauntaun. I'm so thankful right, for right? that. Come on. Now, th- now, this is Marcus. He's, he's right behind me. Marcus, say hello. Hey. Hello. What's going on, man? Uh, Marcus, sh- show him your braid. This is how serious we are. This is his Padawan learner braid. When I dreaded his hair, and it's, it's down to his belly button now. When I dreaded his hair, he had one thing that he said, you cannot take out that braid. I'm like, but a dread is better than a braid. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm a, I'm a, a Jedi Knight understand. 
Much respect. Much respect. <laughs> Never stop learning. Never stop learning. And so, but yeah, it, it, we, when I was a kid, oh, so many years ago, I started the, the Star Wars Club. And I got all my friends together and we reenacted that moment when the stormtroopers busted on to that ship in the, in, in I think it's New Hope. And, and, you know, then Darth Vader made his first appearance. Oh, man. Can I just say, in Rogue One, that ending of Rogue One just made my life complete <laughs> when I saw it come full circle. Um, I don't want to give up more if you haven't seen it. But, yeah, love me some Star Wars. Love me some lightsaber fights. And there have been so many times where I've been on stage and, and this is before we had a good sound man like we have now. They do the horrible. I mean, they'd leave monitors plugged in, and I would. Whenever I hear that, I turn. I'd instantly turn my mic into a lightsaber, and I'd start waving it around until that was just my way of mocking the sound man and and playing into the the annoying sound of feedback. But I love it, and who can't do a good. Imitation. Yeah, Let right. me hear you guys do your best. Come on. Let's try. There's no way I can. I can't at all. Listen, I, I, listen, I was never good at it sound. until I moved to Mexico when I married my wife and I learned how to roll my R's. Okay, okay that's when my presentation got a lot better. Yeah. Carne asada. Yeah. Um. That's exactly right. So. There, there's something to be said about about that magical moment. We were talking about how music connects, you know, connects so much with you when you're young, and um, cinema does as well. And everybody remembers, especially if you're a parent, the first time you watch the Star Wars trilogy or whatever you call nine movies or however many it is now um, with your kids, and oh man, just love that stuff. And of course, the real kid in the room is you when you're watching it again, because you're kind of transported back. I believe good music is a transportational device. It will, it will make you feel something. It's evocative. It brings about something. It's emotive. And uh, my goal with music is to transport you to heaven is to, to pack that Danish so much or that croissant so much with truth, yeah. with the chocolate goodness of the word of God that, that people just, just have to have more. And so I wanted to do a hype song, a hype song similar to Hands Up, which has always been a crowd favorite, and Jump High, which has just got the kids jumping like just having a blast. Like, <laughs> And I wanted to do something with the wave, you know. Ironically, I've been telling people to take the mask out of their pocket and wave that because most of them aren't wearing it at our shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it kind of, it works, you know, you spin it on the little elastic, but I, I kind of was like, okay, what am I going to do? The whole concept of get something wave. If you're saved, that's nothing new. Um, that's like, when I say Jesus, you say Christ. Um, I wanted to, so I started going through the, the book of revelation, which I've just been really focused on. I think everybody has been with the pandemic, the pandemic, the, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm -hmm. and, and in that, I was, I was reading the, all the letters to the churches and that whole not hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out. Those are the words you don't want. That's the verse you don't want to hear God say to you. You know, you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, not depart from me. I never knew you. And you want to hear, yeah. you know, good on you, mate. You don't <laughs> want to hear, I got a barf. And yeah. And there, there is something to be said about being on fire for Christ. And again, there's this whole fire concept, soul fire. It's been throughout so many of our songs over the years. But what I like about that song is, A, musically, our keyboardist, Justin, kind of built this kind of, I don't know what it is. It's it's this amalgamation of almost hip-hop, trip-hop, whatever it is. But then it goes into soca. And then it goes into like this funk jam. It just does these weird yeah. things. And in the on the on the show, when it goes into the slowdown, we do a slow motion lightsaber fight, which is just really fun. Uh, we get Darth Vader in full costume coming out, nice. doing backflips and stuff, and yeah. and pretty much giving his life to Christ. 
And one of the things I do say before the song, as, as it begins, is it's so sad you don't have to search too far to find a lukewarm church. We're in mm. such a spiritual decline. These are the sounds of the times. I'm looking at that very, literally, sounds of the times right there. Um, I'm thinking that that may be a title for our next album. I don't know. But I feel like there's signs of the times, and then there's sounds of the times. And in this case, I'm trying to uh, alert people to the scripture, to the word, and to what God is saying, and what he's not saying, and what the church is doing with this woke gospel is they're just becoming lukewarm. They're literally going fishing without a hook. They're just giving out, giving out worms. And um, you got to have that hook. You got to give the gospel. You have to give a clear call to salvation. Yeah. Without it, how how can they find the way to heaven? And how can I, as an evangelist, as a pastor, as anybody who loves Jesus, anybody who who listens to the? I mean, when Jesus said. Peace out. I'm about, he didn't say it literally, but hey, I'm about ready to fly away. That's another Christ Fry song. Um, about ready to fly away. Would you think he would maybe, I don't know, his epitaph, his last words would be important? Mm-hmm. All authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and, you know, everything that I taught you, go and preach the gospel. Make disciples, essentially. Baptize them. And uh, behold, I'm with you always. Those are, that's pretty serious. So how can I not preach the gospel? How can I not encourage people to raise their hand if they've been saved? And you know what? I'm, I'm just going to take that opportunity, this opportunity right here, right now to do the very same thing. We're talking about music and it's fun. Movies, oh, they make you feel good. And the Star Wars talks about the dark side and the light side. Albeit there's a lot of uh, Buddhism influences and different things like that. The spirit is an actual person. It's a part of, he is a part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And either you have the spirit of God in you or you don't. Either you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. When you get in your elevator, somebody says going up or going down, where are you going? And how do you know for sure? Um, Certain elevators that I get into at a hotel, I have to use a key in order to even press Mm -hmm. the button. If you're pressing penthouse suite, because Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it weren't, I wouldn't say so. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Um, Are you going? And if so, where's your key? The key is the cross of Christ. It is being forgiven of your sin. It is repenting of your sin. It is saying no to the world and to sin and saying yes to Jesus. And sometimes that means going against the grain of the world. And, um, but it's the best decision ever because it, it, it's the only way to get eternal life. So I just want to give you the opportunity right here, right now. If you don't know where you're going when you die, they need to be saved. There's two types of people in the world, those who have been rescued and those who need to be rescued. The problem is, is I've rescued three people from drowning. Every one of them, when I saw that they were doing a downward stroke and it looked like they were drowning, I said, are you okay? They said, I'm fine. A lot of people think that they're perfectly fine. They don't need Jesus. They got a, maybe you say, me and God, we have an arrangement. If that arrangement isn't in the scriptures, it is from First Opinions chapter 13, and it is going to be burned. Heaven and earth will pass away. The word of God will last forever. Have you read it? Is Jesus your Lord? And most importantly, there's a book that you need to be in. It's the Lamb's book of life. And the only way to get your name put in there is you have to be forgiven of your sin. You have to repent of your sin. You have to make Jesus, not a bologna sandwich, your Lord. And to do so, all you have to do is just pray this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. I turn away from my sin. I turn to you. Make me new. You died for me. I will live for you. Give me heaven. I'm forgiven. I've decided to follow you. No turning back. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, nobody can take that away from you. Read your Bible. Start in the book of John. Read one chapter a day. Pray. Talk to God. Don't just talk, but listen. Go to church. Find a Bible-preaching church. If you don't know where one is, try Calvary Chapel. They go verse by verse through the Bible. And then 
Beyond that, share your faith. Tell somebody today that you've decided to follow Jesus. Amen. 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 Hey, thanks, Brother Mark, for sharing that with us. Uh, the the I guess the thing uh, I'm excited about is how you're going to work the Mandalorian into your next song. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you mentioned the Tauntaun. Let's talk about the joke. What is the internal temperature of a Tauntaun? There's always that one person where the force is strong in them, and they shout out, lukewarm. Some people are like, 98.6 degrees. I'm like, Obi-Wan. <laughs> lukewarm, no, come on. Well, I love that's why you ask in the you ask in the song. Like, yeah. you get that one? You, you ask. That like one. that. Yeah. I love that. That's so cool. that joke from... I think I got it from my drummer. We're, we're pretty, you know, he, he was born on Star Wars Day, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> yeah, he, he's serious about it. But uh, our, our religion isn't, isn't Star Wars. It's a relationship with Jesus. And we want to. Absolutely. And when I said uh, the internal temperature of a tauntaun is lukewarm, that's the last thing you want to be. You want to be on fire for Christ. And that's why you read, pray, go to church, share your faith, and listen to this really cool podcast with some awesome dudes. <laughs> hey, I have an idea for your next song. You should. Uh... Write a song oh, about fantastic. three ginger guys. About about three ginger guys. Absolutely, yeah, we'll, we'll allow you to do that. You'll allow me, okay? Okay. Maybe I could tie it into a Christmas theme with gingerbread, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm not. I like it. I'm not getting the inspiration at this moment, so I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say the the, the Christian thing. I'm gonna pray about it. Uh, Listen, brother. If, see, you need, the, the, if you need inspiration, just you know, head to the bathroom for a little bit. All right, oh, think about it. Eat you some white castles and then go get inspired. I, I want to come out with a number one hit, a number two. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks, brother Mark, so much for being so generous with your time and 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 talking with us for a little bit. Certainly appreciate your time. Thank you. Um, I guess while we end, how can People keep up with Christ of Farah and what you guys are doing. How can we be praying for you guys uh, in this next season? That's great. Great question. I just mentioned that we just ministered in 50 states in the last 11 months. Now we're heading out again for uh, we don't know how long. This tour is going to be wind-driven, meaning that we're just going to follow the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. If He says, go here, go here, we're gonna, we don't know how long we're going to stay in certain places. It's going to be awesome. Kind of like how Jesus... Yeah. moved with his disciples. And um, so pray for that. And part of that is um, is when God gives the vision, he also gives the provision. But oftentimes he uses people like you guys. So I want to ask you guys, Chris, Jacob, Jesse, would you preferably consider supporting us? And anybody who's listening, just go to ChristSafari.com and click on Donate. And uh, the biggest thing we're hoping that you prayerfully do is just click Monthly. Um, because in doing so, you enable us to do monthly trips, which is what we are doing, rather than uh, come home and have to raise for the next trip every single time. Every single one of us is 100% supported through supporters like yourself. The Bible says, how can they hear unless somebody preaches? How can they preach unless they go? How can they go unless they are sent? We are the sent ones, and um, we'd love for you to be a part of the sending and be a part of the Great Commission if you're not going already. It is the greatest mission on earth. And um, we really appreciate your support in that. And again, so just I, if you believe this, this mission is fruitful, and I believe in the last, what, seven months, seven years, we've seen 750,000 decisions for Christ, all glory wow. to God. Amazing. And we're, we're about ready it up, Lord willing, because I believe Christ is coming home. He's coming back to take us home very soon. So um, another way you can keep in touch with us when you're at our website, join our email list. Um, you can also watch our short films and documentary. One's called At Any Cost. The other is called Steadfast. We have a bunch of music videos. Um, we pretty much film a music video every month. Uh, we have about 100 out right now. Go to YouTube and you'll see our all music videos playlist. Enjoy those. Have your kids watch them. They'll enjoy the Star Wars theme as well on one of them. And then beyond that, 
<laughs> just follow us on anti-social media at Christafari Band for all of them at Christafari Band. And thank you guys for being the first interviewers in years to pronounce our name correctly. Hey. Hey. That's what we're here for. It's, it happens with 20, 22 years of listening to you guys. <laughs> thanks again for tuning in to today's episode. And thanks again to Mark Moore for taking the time and talking with us and sharing his heart. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us wherever on socials at Christian Music Guys. So, Chris, did you know you could support our podcast now? We have been only going for about four or five months, and your love and support is so greatly appreciated. Your monthly support can help us keep going and continually do great episodes. Please consider being a partner with us. You can find the link on our website at ChristianMusicGuys.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.